Yeah This be a life, no gimmick How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple S Podcast. We're back for our week six NFL recap, and welcome back to my dad, who missed the last one. How's it going, dad? I'm doing good. So unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, to watch these games together. I was on my way to a game coaching in uh, the Quebec side, and my dad was, uh, was here watching. But um, nonetheless, we still were able to watch a good amount of the games, and uh, we're going to get right into it with our recap. So the Thursday night game, we kicked it off. New England did what they did, came away with a 35-14 to 14 victory over the New York Giants. So just for a little bit of reference, we're going to kind of graze over some of the games that weren't as eventful or they weren't as, um, just weren't the best games to talk about per se. And then we'll pick maybe five or six games depending on the week and we'll really dive into those games and uh, just to keep the episodes a little bit shorter for the NFL recaps. So speaking of games, we'll dive a little bit more into... Uh, the game in London, uh, or Tottenham, sorry. The Carolina Panthers traveled there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, they beat them 37-26 to at the Tottenham Stadium. Uh, that was a pretty good game. I mean, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston didn't look great. Uh, what did you think of that game, Dad? Well, Jameis Winston was Jameis Winston. I mean, inconsistency. Just when you think he's coming out of it, he's starting to play well. He goes right back to, you know, he regresses back to the way he was before. I mean, uh, I believe in that game he had five interceptions and one lost fumble. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, those were crucial fumbles and interceptions that cost him the game, really. His first throw of the game was was an interception. So it's really tough to win when you turn the ball over six times. And as you said, uh, that's kind of been the M.O. of Jameis Winston's career thus far. No one's going to doubt that he has talent. He has great arm talent. He can make all the throws. He can be elusive in the pocket when he needs to be, but the knock on him, as you kind of pointed out, has been his consistency, and that was in full full uh, effect in Carolina, or sorry, in uh, London. So next up, Philadelphia played Minnesota. Uh, I predicted Philadelphia would win this one given Kirk Cousins' horrible record against winning teams, but Kirk Cousins pulled it out, 38-20. to uh, next up, we have the New Orleans Saints. They traveled to Jacksonville, and it was a low-scoring affair. They won 13-6, to though. Um, anything to add on uh, on any of those two games, Dad? Uh, what I noticed in that game is that uh, Teddy Bridgewater was steady. You know, I mean, he's undefeated steady now. Teddy. Steady Teddy. He's undefeated now, yeah. you know, and uh, it'll be kind of interesting. I know when Drew Brees comes back, obviously it'll be his job. Uh, to lose, but yeah. Teddy is showing you know why he he was picked to stay to go to New uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. and he made a smart decision in staying in New Orleans instead of going to Miami. Yeah, Miami tried to swindle him out of there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he would have been uh, he would have been in some Dutch if he uh, if he would have <laughs> went to uh, Miami. Speaking of Miami, they played the Washington Redskins to the battle of two teams with no wins. Final score was seventeen sixteen for Washington. Uh, I picked Miami in that game. Had they won, I would have won the pool outright, which is really sad. Um, it came down to the last play. There was a uh, two-point conversion. Miami tied it, or could have tied it up late. Uh, late touchdown when Ryan Fitzpatrick came into the game. Uh, Brian Flores, head coach, decides to go for two. 
I actually like the play call. Uh, I like the decision to go for two. I think they just had a, a defensive player who kind of keyed into it. So it was unfortunate. Um, and Miami stays in position for uh, Tua Tagovailoa next year. Anything to add on our on our Dolphins? Well, I know you said you liked the call. I didn't like the call. I mean, even if the call was a good call, the execution was horrible. Mm-hmm. I think it was the, the running back that yeah, went out, Kenny flared Drake. out, passed to him, he dropped the ball. But had he caught the ball, he there were three or four defenders there waiting to tackle him. You know, execution was terrible. Yeah. You know, and I don't agree with the, the play. I mean, if I'm Flores, go for the tie, go to overtime, have a chance to win. You know what? Nobody wants to go 0-16. Hmm. As much as they want to get that first round, uh, first overall pick next year, you still don't want to go 0-16 in order to achieve it. So I didn't agree with it. Yeah, yeah. So next game, another game we're going to talk a little bit more about. We have the Houston Texans who traveled to Kansas City. Uh, a lot of people had that as a game of the week. We had it as one of our potential games of the week, and uh, it did not disappoint. Houston came away with an away game, uh, away victory against KC, 31-24. Deshaun Watson didn't have the, the most superb stat line, but he did have three touchdowns, I believe, two on the ground, one passing. And uh, he found a way to win, which is the most important thing in this league. So what did you think of Deshaun Watson and uh, Houston pulling that game out? Well, he played well. I mean, he played well enough to win. Uh, The interesting thing about that game, although Mahomes, he was uh, 19 for 35 with 273 yards, three TDs and an interception. Uh, I mean, the injury to his leg that he incurred the last game, Mm -hmm. I think that still bothers him now because, as you can see, his mobility in that game, I think that's what hampered them in, in, in the offense going forward. And, I mean, unless he gets uh, that, that leg gets, you know, healed soon, I think they'll have a problem next week even, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, next week they're playing in Denver, and that's going to be a tough, against a tough division defense, game, yeah. tough division game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just want to give a little quick shout-out to Tyreek Hill, made his return, had a big touchdown. Uh, he mossed a couple defenders. That was a pretty cool play to watch when you see a 5'10 guy go up and catch a ball over top of a defender. Uh, it's really will over will over height in that, in that case for sure. So next up, there was uh, Cincinnati traveled to Baltimore. They played there, and uh, final score, Baltimore 23, Cincinnati 17. Lamar Jackson was able to get back on track. Uh, he definitely was dominant on the ground, had a couple of nice plays in the air also. Um, so that was a good uh, good to see him get back on track. It was against a weaker opponent, but sometimes that's what you need when you're kind of getting off track. You, can, you have a game against a weaker team, and it kind of sets you back in the right direction. Hopefully, because I'm a Lamar Jackson fan, he can ride this out and uh, continue to improve. So next up, another game we'll talk a little bit more about, Seattle at Cleveland. This was, for me, one of the potential games of the week. I won't give it game of the week just yet. Uh, Seattle, another away team that won in a big game, uh, 32-28. to 28. Cleveland continues to struggle. Um, any thoughts on that game? Baker Mayfield, you know, I mean, his stats may look half decent. He was 22 for 37, 249 uh, yards. He had one TD, three interceptions. That's the killer. I mean, the turnovers really killed them, you know. And, I mean, they're in a funk right now. And the way they're playing, they can't afford turnovers, especially against good teams. They can't afford turnovers. Mm -hmm. And Baker Mayfield, I know 
uh, was about three weeks ago. Uh, somebody quoted uh, saying that he was overrated. Well, you know, he's got to try and disprove that. I know he's saying that he's, you know, if you don't play for the uh, the black and orange, that he doesn't listen to them. But, you know, I think it's starting to get to him. Yeah, yeah, definitely a little bit for sure. Uh, and Russell Wilson is continuing to kind of make his case for an MVP-type season. He played really well. Um, uses receivers Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf to his full advantage and uh, was able to come out with a win. So that was a, definitely a big game. Next up, San Francisco at the Rams. Another team that's supposed to be pretty good that's struggling. The Rams dropped that game 20-7. to uh, San Fran has looked very solid, especially their defense. Especially their defense. Uh, next up, we have Atlanta at Arizona. And that game was... Uh, I put it. I put it as a little star, a smaller star for a honorable mention for game of the week, because it was high scoring. Final score thirty four to thirty three for the Arizona Cardinals. I think that's two in a row now for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Look like they're kind of starting to find their groove. The one thing I will say is that in both of their last two wins, they've been leading by at least I think two or three scores. And have allowed teams to come back, but they've won just marginally. So they're still getting those wins, but uh, you definitely would like to see them keep their leads uh, at a bigger gap where they are and not lose them closer to the end of the game. And really, the only reason they didn't go to overtime is because Matt Bryant of the Atlanta Falcons missed an extra point. So uh, he, he might be up there for shitong of the week. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, next up. We have Dallas at the Jets. And if you guys watched the last NFL recap, you would have seen that I predicted the Jets would beat the Dallas Cowboys despite being huge underdogs. I think in our pool, only me, myself, and uh, one other person picked them to win. And they came away with a 24-22 win. Uh, what do you think of that game? Well, Sam Darnold, he came back, played excellent, you know. He had, uh, it was 23 for 32, 338 yards, two TDs, one interception. I mean, what can you say? The defense, they have a hell of a defense. I mean, I think as, as well as, as Darnell did, the defense is what kind of kept them in the game and kept them in that lead. Yeah. You know, excellent game. Uh, Dak Prescott, you know, 28 for 40, 277 yards. I mean, uh, they looked like they were struggling, yeah. you know. That offense and that defense was getting sliced, sliced. I mean, Darnold was passing game was just slicing the defense. The second week in a row, I find that Dallas, the defense, looks subpar. You know, and if, if, it, if they don't uh, shore up that defense, I think that's gonna be a problem going forward because you know their division in itself is a tough division, and they have six games to play against the teams in their division. Mm -hmm. Whether or not Washington is a 0-6 team, I mean, you know. This this week Washington played tough, you know. I mean they played a weak Miami team, but they still played tough. And Washington, I mean in that division, any team can beat any team regardless of the uh, the record. So going forward, I think that defense need to stiffen up a little bit more. Definitely, definitely. And just to note, as you said, the defense played great, and that's kind of what went into my decision to pick them last week. A, they have the number two rushing defense in the league. Ezekiel Elliott did have a 100-yard game, but overall their defense played lights out. And then you bring back a guy like Darnold, who's your franchise quarterback. Everybody knows that. Um, it's going to definitely bring a jolt of energy, and the game was at home. So all those things together, they were able to pull out a win. Uh, next up, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. They played the Denver Broncos, and they got shut out 16-0. Uh, 
Marcus Mariota finally got pulled in favor of Ryan Tannehill, who, to be honest, didn't do too much better, but uh, couldn't have been much worse than Mariota. Mariota did not have a good game. We'll talk about him in a little bit in uh, the Shitong of the Week category. That's for sure. Next up, Pittsburgh Steelers traveled to uh, the Los Angeles to play the Chargers, and they came away with a win 24-17. to And that score is a little misleading just because they, they dominated that game early, and uh, they, they just looked like the better team pretty much throughout the whole game. Phillip Rivers had a bunch of Aaron throws. Um, and what was your take on that game? Because we watched it together at, uh, at Auntie's house. Yeah, the uh, the Pittsburgh defense looked dominant in that game. I mean, Rivers was every play almost. It looked like he was in constant pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at the stats. They had 32 yards rushing. 32 yards rushing for the whole game. That means they put the the game on on Rivers's back, and uh, with the pressure that he was receiving, he just couldn't do it. You know, uh, I think he went for. Uh, 26 of 44 for 320 yards, two TDs and two interceptions. Yeah, but that wasn't enough. No, you know, no. the defense for Pittsburgh. I think they were the the star of that game. Yeah, if you throw the the ball 40, was it 40 or 44? 44, 44 times. times. If you throw the ball 44 times, you'd expect you'd need a little bit more production, especially when you're only getting 32 yards on the ground. Because if you only have 32 yards on the ground, you can't set up things like play action. Exactly. Or passes that are deeper downfield because the defensive line is just going to be able to tee off. They don't respect your run game. So. And especially at yeah. third and, and short, you know, third and two, third and three. You, you, you try to run the ball, you get stuffed. What do you do? If you have to, you try to go, depending on field position, try to go for fourth. And with the run game, the way it was going, I mean, there was no way. I mean, Pittsburgh defense, it surprised me. They yeah. really surprised me, you know. And, uh, I mean, they're a two and four. I think they're still not going to make the playoffs. Definitely not. Well, I won't say definitely not. Uh, I hope they don't because, again, Miami has their first-round pick. So the worse the Steelers do, the better the first-round pick we end up getting from them. So let's go for whoever's playing Pittsburgh. Uh, And last game of the week, last night, uh, Detroit traveled to Green Bay, and they they lost. uh, They almost won. They lost uh, 23-22 against uh, the Packers. And the storyline of that game was not the dazzling catches by Green Bay receivers or anything kind of game-related. The storyline of that game was the refs. Uh, a lot of people are saying that the le- the refs lost uh, Detroit that game. I'm kind of inclined to agree. Um, what I will say, though, is what I told my dad, and he's going to disagree with it as he did yesterday, but I understand that what uh, Trey Flowers was doing should not have been called a penalty. But what I will say is that if I got called for a penalty for doing whatever the movement may be or whatever the hand placement was, and then I got called, m- myself as a player, I would do my best, even if I disagree with the call and I think that, and I know that it was not a, a good call, I would do my best to try and avoid doing that again, just because I know that the ref called it last time, even though it was wrong. So to a degree, I mean, Trey Flowers, you should probably get your hands down a little bit. I understand as a, as a lineman, though, hands are flying everywhere, arms are flying everywhere. But um, it definitely was, uh, was on the refs there. But um, at the same time, you gotta, you got to know where your, where your hands are and, and try and bring them down because it ended up costing his team uh, the victory, to be honest. It costed them one touchdown, and then later on it costed them uh, the game-winning field goal where they were able to just drain the clock all the way down. Yes, so, I make one comment. The first penalty they called, the illegal hands to the face, 
usually the, the, the player actually the defender actually had his hands under under scruff of the neck mm -hmm. of the jersey now when you have a player's face mask and you're pushing them back because you're trying to get to the to the quarterback you're trying to push them back usually the offensive lineman's head would go backwards because it's just the force yeah you know the lineman's head was always just flat never went back yeah I mean referees can't make calls because they believe an offense was committed they have to actually see it and I mean even the the announcer said that that was a terrible call both calls were terrible calls you know and to the point now where referees are, are, are determining the outcome of the games I mean that's bad for the NFL yeah because this is a game that Detroit I mean they could have been the leader of that division with that win you know and let's say they come down to the end of the season and they miss the playoffs by one game you look back at this game it may be a minor thing now but it you know it amplifies when it gets to the end of the season so definitely yeah. I, I I was very disappointed with the ref in last night yeah, and a lot of uh, not a lot of notable NFL former coaches, current coaches, players weighed in on the refereeing, including Tony Dungy. And uh, what one person said about that is that when Tony Dungy, who is one of the NFL's classiest people in general, weighs in and kind of discredits the refs, you know that there's a there's a real problem there yeah. because Tony Dungy is not just going to go out and exactly. and talk down on on refs for for no good reason. So that's definitely. Uh, that was definitely noteworthy. And uh, another thing I wanted to point out is that what a lot of people are saying is that, oh, well, all calls should be reviewable. And what I would say to that is that I, I think that we're going to eventually get to that point. But I also think that doing that will eventually lead to not even having refs at all. What I think will end up happening is if everything will just be reviewable, then what's the point of having the ref? You should just have a play and then have some kind of robot system kind of determine whether or not there was a flag on that play or maybe not not a robot but just have kind of like a command center and every play is, is reviewed to see if there was a penalty because the way it's going people are going to keep complaining and complaining all the refs are, are affecting the outcome of the game and just just a thought maybe maybe that won't happen uh, as i say it out loud it sounds a little but, silly but i but think i think not every play should be reviewed i think impactful plays especially major major fouls you know something like you know maybe a, a interference call now you can you can review it they've done that in the cfl it's worked nicely for them you know the nfl it's reviewable now however as you've seen the stats in reversal of calls they're probably like less than five percent you know what I mean? Calls such as that hands to the face—that's a 15-yard penalty. That can that that can determine an outcome of a outcome of a game. I because think it's only a five-yard penalty, but I think it's an automatic first. Well, down. it's an automatic first down. That's well, the I stand corrected. Kicker, yeah. But in the game last night, that first penalty—it was third down. I believe Rogers had just gotten sacked. Mm -hmm. They would have been punting the ball to Detroit, who had a 10-point lead at that point, and. That could have changed the whole outcome of the game, you know. I think it was maybe seven, eight minutes left in the game. Imagine Detroit going down and scoring at least another three points. That puts them up, you know, by 13. Instead, the, uh, the, the Packers went down. They scored a touchdown. Touch yeah. And then they were down by two. So that play was huge. I think plays like that need to be reviewed. Yeah. Not every play. But selective plays, you know, the major fouls that can determine because, you know, from a, a third down 
going to a fourth down to a first down, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. All right, now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, the Shitong of the Week. So what we're going to do this this week is uh, we're just going to list or name our Shitongs of the Week, respectively, and we'll each give an honorable mention. So I'll start with you, Dad. Who are you giving Shitong of the Week to this week? My Shitong of the Week, Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Five interceptions, one lost fumble. There is no way. And I mean, I looked at the game. One, maybe two of the interceptions weren't his fault. But, I mean, the decisions, the the interceptions, I mean, they were just horrible. I mean, he had a horrible game. And that's my shitong of the week. All right. Myself, uh, it's hard for me to not give it to Jameis, but I'm going to give it to Marcus Mariota, or as you like to call him, Marcus Crapiota. Uh, He had a pretty awful performance as well. He went 7 for 18, 63 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns. And honestly, on both of those interceptions, uh, they were forced throws. He kind of evaded the sack on on both occasions and forced the ball downfield, got intercepted both times. So Marcus Crapiota, that's my shitong of the week. Got replaced finally for uh, Ryan Tannehill, although Tannehill didn't do much better. But uh, Marcus Mariota, you're my shitong of the week. And honorable, any honorable mentions, Dad? Well, he was going to be my honorable mention. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Took the worst from me, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. All right. And I'll give my honorable mention to Sean McVay and Jared Goff. That combination was atrocious on the weekend. Uh, Goff was 13 of 24 for only 78 yards, no touchdowns. And uh, in terms of Sean McVay, uh, he's been touted as one of the best young coaches in the league. He's very uh, cutting edge. He's Everything he does is kind of revolutionary. But... Unfortunately for him, on the weekend, he led his offense to 0 of 9 on third down, which in and of itself is pretty horrible. But on top of that, he went 0 of 4 on fourth down. And it's not just the fact that they didn't convert any fourth downs. To me, it was the decisions to go for it on the fourth downs. You're you're not able to run the ball well all game. And then the, I believe the first fourth down, they just they called the run play up the middle. So for me, that was a, a horrible decision. There was a couple others where they might have been in field goal range, but he decided to go for it. They didn't get it. And uh, just overall, not the best called game in uh, McVay's young career. And uh, so next up, just want to give a couple quick shout-outs. First, Deshaun Watson led his team to a victory at Arrowhead, which is a very difficult thing to do. Uh, he didn't have a glamorous stat line, as I kind of alluded to before. But he did have three touchdowns, two rushing, one throwing, and uh, he led them to a win. So that's all you can really ask for. And on top, and the next one I would like to point out is Russell Wilson, who continues his MVP campaign. Uh, he's playing really well. Won a game in Cleveland, which I mean they haven't been having the best season, but it's still a tough thing to do anytime you go into a stadium to win an away game. And uh, last but not least, Sam Darnold made his return. Beat the Cowboys, which is a big feat. Uh, I mean, again, they they haven't looked good lately, but they are a good team. They have a good defense, and he was able to pull it together and uh, pull out a two-point victory. So those are three stars of the week for you. And last, but actually, before I continue, any uh, anything you'd like to add on any of that? Any any big performances that stood out to you? Well, I agree with the Sam Sam Darnold, and one of the one that uh, I wanted to make mention of was uh, New Orleans and, uh, you know, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, 
again, he played uh, solid in, in Drew Brees' absence. And he continues to win. I mean, there's not much you can say. I mean, when Drew Brees went down, everybody just rode off New Orleans. And Teddy came in, and all he's done is won so far. I mean, he hasn't lost yet, and he's looked good. He's not managing the games. He's winning games. That's true. So, special mention to him, too. Awesome. All right, and last but not least, we'll get into our predictions for next week. Uh, I've left some of them blank because they're a little tight to call, but we'll get into it anyway. Uh, so what we'll do this week is that I'll name the game, and then we'll both kind of give our prediction at the same time rather than going top to bottom for you and top to bottom for me just to speed it up a little bit uh, once again. So we'll start off with the Thursday night game. Kansas City travels to Denver. Who do you have in that one? Well, you know, the, the favorite pick, I, I think, would be uh, Kansas City. But, uh, you know, the way they've played the last couple of weeks and the Mahomes' supposed injury to his leg, I mean, it's, it's definitely having an effect on his game. Playing in Denver, I think, you know, a Thursday night game, it's a primetime game. I think Denver, for me, wow. you know. Okay. I'm going to go with Kansas City. Uh, I don't think there's any way they lose three in a row. Even though that defense has looked a bit porous, I'm going to go with Kansas City. So next up, we have Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Uh, who do you have for that game? I'm going with Jacksonville. I mean, uh, they had a bit of a stumble, you know, Minshew uh, stumbled, but uh, I think he'll get back on his on his feet again. I mean, Cincinnati, they just look horrible. Yeah. They look horrible. I mean, even Miami, I think if they played them now, take away the turnovers, could probably beat Cincinnati. So Jacksonville for me. I'm also going to go with Jacksonville for the same kind of reasons. Uh, I think Minshew Mania has got a, a little bit more juice in him. Uh, wasn't apparent in the, that six point, the, the loss where they only scored six points just now against New Orleans, but uh, I think he'll get back on track. So next up, we have a what could be a decent game. We have Houston at Indianapolis. I've given it a star for potential game of the week. Who do you have in that game? Uh, I got to go with Houston, you know. I mean, uh, as as much as as Indianapolis is probably going to have a good game at home, they had the bye this week, and they're probably fresh. I still will go to, with Houston. All right, I'm going to go with Houston too. They're riding a two game uh, a two game win streak now, and as you said, Indianapolis is coming off the bye, which for some teams kind of works in their favor. But I think that a bye week this early in the season, um, you're not really in your groove yet per se. And usually teams like to use the bye to kind of regenerate and rest up injuries. But in this case, I don't think that many of those injuries have set in yet. So I think that Houston's going to be able to come away with a win in that one. So next up, San Francisco at Washington. Washington just came off that win against Miami. Did they repeat against San Francisco? Not in this century. <laughs> San Francisco all the way. Yeah, me too. I'm going to go with San Francisco undefeated. Uh, Washington's only win, as we just said, is against Miami. So hopefully San Francisco can keep riding that wave. And speaking of Miami, next up we have Miami traveling to Buffalo, division game. What do you think in that one? Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. I've been to Buffalo. Buffalo plays well in Buffalo. And against a weak Miami team, I don't think they'll have much of a chance. Yeah. So on this game, I'm also, as much as it kills me to say, I'm going to have to go with Buffalo. All right, so next up, a game that I haven't picked anyone yet for. I'm a little torn. Minnesota at Detroit, giving it a start as a potential game of the week. What do you think of that one? Well, I mean, I was not sold on Detroit until yesterday. And, I mean, they play really well. I mean, 
playing at home. And Minnesota, they're up and down. I would go with Detroit. Yeah, I would pick Detroit on that one. I think I'll go with Detroit too. I think that coming off of that kind of loss where you can kind of pin that a little bit on the referees, or maybe not a little bit, a lot on the referees, I think they're going to be hungry for a win. And Kirk Cousins usually doesn't play well against winning teams. I know I say that a lot. He did get a win last week against a winning team, but two in a row, I think that's too tall of an order for Kirk Cousins. Next up, we have Oakland at Green Bay. Could be a decent game. Oakland's on a little bit of a hot streak coming off the bye. What do you think in this one? Well, first got Green Bay. I mean, Oakland does surprise you from time to time. And, you know, they may win that game, you know. But in Green Bay, the way that uh, Rodgers is playing, I think I'll have to go with Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Green Bay too. I think Oakland will uh, will give them a run for their money and they'll put some points up. But uh, I still think it'll be Green Bay coming away with the win. So next up, the battle of two teams who each have not looked very good lately. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are traveling to Atlanta to play the uh, Falcons. Uh, what do you think in this game? Uh, I got to go with the Rams. I mean, I really don't want to, but I can't go with Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. is just a terrible team. But Atlanta has your favorite quarterback. Uh, yeah, <laughs> shit on two times over. Yeah, Matty Ice. He's Matty warm now because mm-hmm. he's not anywhere cold at all. I mean... I have to go with uh, with the Rams on that yeah. one. That one, uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that Matty Ice is going to be able to pull it out. I think Julio Jones is due for a big game. Uh, so I'm going to go with Atlanta in that game. Next up, Arizona at the New York Giants. The battle of two rookie quarterbacks. Kyler Murray going up against Danny Dimes. What do you think in this one? Uh, at home, having the bye, <clears throat> I think I'd go with the Giants on that game. Hmm. The Giants didn't have a bye. They, they, played, have, they so played New England. I'm sorry. I, I would go with the Giants anyway. I mean, Arizona, yes, they've won. But you look at the games they've won, they could have lost. Yeah. You know? And even the game they tied, they could have lost. So, mm. I mean, they're playing the, you know, Kyler Murray's playing well, but their defense is still very, 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 very subject. All right. I'm going to disagree with you once again. I'm going to go with Arizona. Uh, I like the way that that offense has looked. They have looked a little stagnant at times, but... With Kyler Murray's dynamic legs, Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, I think that they'll be able to pull out a win in New York. I think Kyler Murray will show why he was the first overall pick and not Daniel Jones. Uh, I think he's going to have a little bit, a little bit extra to play for in this game. So I think they'll be able to pull out, pull out a win. Well, you really don't want to catch me in the pool, do you? Yeah, I think I will. I think I will. We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. All right, next up, the Chargers, who are coming off a couple back-to-back uh, losses, going up against the Tennessee Titans, who are also uh, not so hot right now. Uh, who takes this uh, dumpster fire of a game? This one is a tough one. I mean, when you see two teams that aren't playing well or two bad teams playing, you usually tend to want to take the home team. But Tennessee, if Mariota, I'm sure he's probably going to start again. They, they took him out of that game because he was ineffective, but I'm sure he's going to start this game. And the thing is with him, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, like uh, Forrest Gump says, you know, life is like a box of chocolate. You don't know what you're going to mm-hmm. get. With Mariota, it's the same thing. I mean, they can win that game. Chargers could win that game, but I'll toss it up. I'll say Chargers. I'm going to say the same. Uh, I think that if Mariota, if Mariota starts, the, definitely the Chargers will win. If Tannehill starts, then I think he'll have definitely a lot to play for because I, I know he'll probably feel like he has a lot left in his career, a lot left in the tank. 
So he's going to want to play and, and win and prove that he could be a starter. But if Mariota stays in, uh, I think that uh, either way, I think the Chargers will, will be victorious, though. Next up, another star for potential game of the week. We have Baltimore going at Seattle. Baltimore, as we said, just got on track. Seattle is rolling. Uh, who takes this one? I, I like Baltimore. I mean, as much as Seattle is playing well and Russell Wilson is playing well, I mean, I, I look at Baltimore as a more well-rounded team, better than Seattle. Seattle at times, I mean, they, they, they look to run the ball a lot, which is their feature, their, their team, but they're too one-dimensional at times. And, you know, they put too much on Russell Wilson. You know, with Baltimore, they have the running game, they have the passing game. I mean, they both have dynamic, uh, you know, quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I think Baltimore for me in that game. All right, I'll disagree with you one more time. I'm going to go with Seattle. Uh, I think the 12th man is going to definitely be a factor. Uh, for those who don't know, the 12th man is just uh, what Seattle calls their home fan base. Uh, they definitely get noisy at CenturyLink Field, and uh, I think that they'll be able to uh, encourage their boys onto a win. So next up, a couple games left. We have the New Orleans Saints at Chicago. Uh, that could be a sneaky good game. What do you think in this one? Well, I know what everybody's going to say. With Chicago, with their defense, that they're going to, you know, just clamp down on New Orleans' offense. And Bridgewater is probably going to have a hard time probably running for his life in that game. But you know what? They still have a lot of weapons. Bridgewater's playing well. He's played in, what, four games now, I think? And five. five games, so he settled in. You know what I mean? So I think even in that sort of scenario, I think they still can do well. And and Chicago has, I mean, they're they're hoping for uh, Trubisky for Trubisky to come back. I don't think Trubisky coming back is going to be much help to Chicago. I think they win by their defense. Yeah. And considering how well-rounded New Orleans is right now, and the way Bridgewater's playing, I'm going with Teddy. All right. I'm going to also uh, go with the New Orleans uh, Saints. I think Teddy Bridgewater, as you said, will pull it out. Uh, and I also think that their defense is going to be the ones that, uh, in terms of New Orleans' defense, is going to be the ones that really show up. And uh, players like Cameron Jordan on the defensive line, I think he'll have a big game. Hopefully he can get to Trubisky a couple times, if Trubisky plays, that is. Uh, but I think New Orleans will also win that game. So next up, we have a division game in the NFC East. Philadelphia travels to Dallas to play a struggling Cowboys team. Uh, do the Cowboys get back on track? I think they will. I think they will. I mean, Philadelphia is struggling itself. I mean, Dallas, they haven't looked good the last two weeks. Going back home, I'm sure they're going to regroup and they're going to put a hell of a game out. So I think Dallas, for me, is, is the choice. All right. I haven't made my pick yet, but... Uh, just a gut feeling. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I'm, this might change, but uh, my gut is telling me don't trust Dak Prescott. Don't trust Jason Garrett. Um, I think I'm going to go with Philadelphia in this one, but stay tuned. That might change later on in the week as I read some things. So you really don't want to catch me in the pool, eh? We'll see. After we'll this see. week, you may be so far, I might not even be able to see you. <laughs> hey, Dak Prescott is, is not a safe, is never a safe bet to win the way it's looking right now. Oh, but it's not just Dak. Prescott playing. I yeah. mean, well, it's Jason Garrett coaching too. So, well, you got a point there. We'll but see what happens. I, I still go. I mean, they they have to regroup. Two losses in a row, not playing well in both games. They have to regroup. Three losses in a row. They started three and zero. Oh, That's so right. Anyone who's a Dallas a Cowboys fan, uh, I mean, to start three and zero oh and then lose three straight, 
it's it's definitely rough. It's rough being a Dolphins fan, but at least we expected that. You guys were expecting Super Bowl this and Super Bowl that and win the division this. And it doesn't look so... I mean, you're still tied for the division lead, which is another thing. And that's another thing that makes that game such a huge... Uh, there's so much to play for because Philadelphia is 3-3. Three and three, Dallas is 3-3. Three and three, Tied for the division lead. So, And that could be a, a tight race all the way down the season. So we'll see what happens. And I think uh, in that division, the way they're going, the only way you're going to get out that of that division and get into the playoffs is by winning the division. So Definitely. I don't think if you don't if you don't win that division, you don't make the playoffs. Yeah, especially so. with uh, with how strong uh, some other yep. divisions are looking, so yeah. Um, notably the NFC West that has San Francisco and uh, Seattle in it. So. Exactly. All right, and last but not least, we have the New England uh, Patriots traveling to New York to play the Jets. Uh, what do you think in this one? Well, New England's offense has been uh, struggling lately. I mean, they've been winning games. Defense have been carrying them, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd, you know. But uh, I don't know. Darnold, he uh, he showed me something last week. The Jets' defense is pretty good. I mean, division game, I don't know. I mean, Hart would say go with New, Eng- New England, but, you know, for the pool, I would love to go with, uh, with the Jets. I'm sure after last week, maybe four or five people might pick the Jets, but... The majority are going to go with New England. Yeah, yeah. I haven't given my pick yet, but I'd love to go for the Jets. All right, that's a that's a pretty big uh, upset pick there. Uh, I'm going to go with New England. You mentioned the Jets' defense is pretty good, which they are, but New England's defense is better uh, on every every front. They have a the best corner in football, Stephon Gilmore. They have the best front seven. Um, they create they create pressure not only just by having good players, but they have the best coaching staff also in the NFL. So I think that, I mean, Sam Darnold, you had your fun. That's what Bill Belichick is going to say. At least you had your fun last week. Welcome back from your, your mono. I'm glad you're back, but uh, not this week. So I'm going to go with New England in that one. So that about wraps it up for our Week 7 predictions and for our Week 6 uh, recap. So thank you for everyone who tuned in. Appreciate you guys. So from the Triple S Podcast, I'm Brandon Smith with my dad, Wayne Smith. Thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you again soon with a lot more. Yeah. It's real life, no gimmick.